This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 635 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. On tonight's show, we are going to meet Erin Paul, who tells us all about her rescue horse who just competed at Grand Prix. Then we are going to have a great conversation with friend of the show, Lauren Spritzer. And after that, our trainer tip is brought to you by horse show photographer, Lisa Dean. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, flubbing the intro again and again and again. And you're <laughs> listening to the Dressage Radio Show. <laughs> Hi, Phil. I'm so glad we have such a great editor to be able to uh, to help us with our show every week because it's not it's not easy. Well, I don't think everyone's heard you flub the intro 85 times, but you had me laughing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but then when you laugh, and then it, and then it just screws me up even more, and then it, it it causes it to take longer and more edit. It's true. You know, shout out to Paul, who is is our editor. You guys don't normally hear Paul or talk to Paul, but he he makes us sound great because we do flub a lot. It's amazing. Oh well, all right. Well, let let's get going here. What have you been up to this week, Reese? Oh gosh, it has just been a busy week. I'm not gonna lie. We we haven't really stopped. Uh, we had a great horse show over the weekend. Um, Big Mike stepped into the A game spot. He, uh, we had our kind of uh, regional champ, not in the regionals, like Kentucky championships. So Big Mike uh, was great. He did two really good tests, um, and so he defended his title from last year. So that was really fun. And, uh, I always enjoy, you know, I think, uh, this show today is going to be a little bit about perspective. And, and I, I do tell people a lot that it really is an honor and a privilege to be able to horse show. And I think sometimes when you're really in the moment or in the goal, or you're trying really hard, you forget that. And, uh, I was reminded of that this week. I had a, a horse I've really been encouraging this young lady. Um, she's a great rider and friend to, to really work toward her third level bronze medal score. She had a horse who passed away and and I really pushed her to go to the horse show and she did get one of her scores. And then the horse actually had, had an accident. We think he's going to be okay, but she came back to me and she said, Reese, I'm so glad you, you pushed me to do this because it is true. When you have a horse and you have goals, it is important to move forward and, and work toward those goals. And, and remember, it is supposed to be fun and all those things. So we we will, she will get her last score, but you know, she was, she was cute. She said, you know, I see why you kind of have pushed me toward this and, and it's true. So uh, we had a great show. We've got a couple lighter weeks and then we have our, our regional championships in October, but you also had a horse show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um. I know we've been talking all season. And and so my last show, I had a really like a little bit beyond expectations for a show. And then, and then this one, I took one horse um, because he really, this is a horse that really needs to get out and keep competing and, and, and getting miles. And my last show in uh four one, you know, really 
whatever happened, the stars aligned for the day, and uh, he got uh, over over seventy percent, like seventy one or seventy two, or close to seventy two. And this time, I kind of went in like, yeah, you know, we're gonna get seventy five now. I kind of rolled it in that way, and <laughs> yeah. it just ended up in a little bit disaster. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just needed to relax. Like, it was just, you know, in my extended canners, I just, you know, really went for it. And then when I gave mm -hmm. that half halt with the outside rain, he flipped his lead. And then I had to turn down the oh. center line, and that didn't work. And so I oh. ended up having to having to circle. And, and then it, his walk was not clean, clear, relaxed. You know, there was, I just put too much tension into the horse. And, and that was my mistake, not really his. But uh, yeah, wasn't great. That's okay. You know, yeah, that's, it's learning. It's learning. It's that, learning. That's why we're getting more miles so we can, you know, we can get on the same page and, and that, you know, I won't goose him again and, and yeah. go for, for more than what's expected. Right. And, and well, you know, what I think is that you, you can't ride for more than what you do every day, but I, I kind of, right. you know, kind of did that and, and, and oh. was a problem and learn from it and then the next two days i probably wrote him a little bit too quiet so he was you know he didn't have that extra spark and and whatever but we had two clean tests and uh and that's how it goes that's that's for showing right. you know every once every 10 years you, everything aligns and you get it right yeah. and you gotta celebrate <laughs> at that moment celebrate it's not gonna happen again for another 10 years or something probably like that, not but no it's okay i had fun and no and uh, that's so good you know I, I agree. I think, you know, it was I, very rarely do you and I sort of get to go down the center line for fun in a way, but this horse show was very kind of our prep for regionals and it was nice that big Mike, but, but we had a conversation going on and it was a positive conversation in the test. It was like, come on a little bit more here, a little bit more of this. And I think that was good for us this time. And there wasn't much pressure, which was great. You know, it was fun to win the the local local championship, but I really wanted to get in there and just kind of school them. And, and, and we hadn't done the pre-St. George since Florida. So that was good just to kind of get in there and ride that and know where I need to push and where I can't push and where I should push and all those things. So uh, it was good. But like you said, showing it, it, it's a totally different ball game and really you got to do it. There's nothing better than just doing it. So uh, good for you. I think that yeah, was your well, last I mean, one of the season, I'm really, right? I'm really looking forward to getting some training done. So, you know, kind of while while you're in season, you've got to really just be polishing and working on testing. You're not really getting any training done. So, you know, coming into this in the, in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, you know, I really want to get in there and make this better or, you know, his collection better or whatever, but I can't because you know it's it, it might mess something up and and that's not what I wanted to do before the end of the season so now I'm like just thinking okay now now we can get in there and uh, and and we can we can just uh, you know start from scratch again and and just make everything better so that we can hopefully get to the next level next season so you know that that means pre and George that that's some serious stuff and, uh, you know, you can't just, it's, it's like we talk about later with Lauren, it's, it's not always progressive and, and sometimes you gotta, you gotta break it down and build it up again. So that's what I'm looking forward to doing over the winter. Right. I love it. But we do have a great show for everybody today. We're, we want to get kind of look toward our regional championships and getting everybody motivated. So we're going to have a quick commercial break from Kentucky performance products, and then we'll get into the show. 
This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissue. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so excited to have Erin Paul. She's a professional writer in Ocala, Florida, and she's going to tell us her story about her wonderful horse, Kelso. So Erin, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to brag about my little wonder pony. Well, tell us about your wonder pony because it's he's worth bragging about. <laughs> yes, he's the coolest. So I adopted Kelso. I rescued Kelso 12 years ago, and I call Kelso the Wonder Pony because he's wonderful, and we don't know what he is, so hence, we wonder what he is, and (laughs) I rescued Kelso, yeah, (laughs) I rescued Kelso 12 years ago from a foster situation, but he had been in the Minnesota Hooved Animal Rescue for a few years until I found him, Um, and I finally convinced my parents to let me get a horse. After asking, I think, for about 13 Christmases, I was 13 years old, turning 14, I found Kelso. Um, And I looked at a few different horses, and the woman that I was riding with at the time told me she fostered a few horses from the rescue and told me about Kelso. And she said, "Um, if you don't get him, I think I will. So I went to go look at him, and I vividly remember he was in a back pasture, and I was riding in a little Wintech saddle. We had knotted together a big warm blood bridle because that's the only equipment that they had for him. Um, And I could not steer. And I fell in love with him. And since then, we've grown up together. And we are best friends. He's everything good in the world. Um, And I think I'm the luckiest person to have him. Um, And so we ran around for the first seven years that we were together. And we did everything under the sun. We chased cows around, we jumped, we did Liberty, um, and we went through the entire Pirelli Natural Horsemanship program. And I looked at him one day and I said, hey, what do you think about going to a dressage show? And that was six years ago. So we signed up for a dressage show and um, fast forward. And three weeks ago, we made our Grand Prix debut, which I still don't believe when I say that because it's so overwhelming to be able to do it with my with my little rescue pony who I remember when I started the whole dressage thing, <laughs> I someone asked me, a trainer asked me, she was like, what are your goals with him? And I was like, oh, I really want to get my bronze, my bronze medal on him. And I thought, how cool would that be 
to be able to learn how to do lead changes and do them in a show and then get my bronze. And so uh, to be knocking on the door of getting my gold medal with him is, is pretty cool. So I, you know, I just need to ask you, first of all, tell us how old you think he is and how big he is, but what, like, if you couldn't steer, what was it about him that, that you fell in love with on that day? That's a great question. I, I've been thinking about that recently because I almost don't remember what it was, which makes me think like this was just meant to be because of all the things that have happened and all of the opportunities that he's opened for me um, or made possible for me. But he is 14 two. He is two centimeters too tall to be considered a pony. So I kept joking that that's okay because that uh, keeps us in the running to do the Olympics. Because at one point, I think it's still the rule that ponies can't compete at the Olympics. I'm not sure why, but the good news is Kelso and I could go to the Olympics. And he is, I always say he's an Arab cross, which is kind of a cop-out because what what breed doesn't have Arabian in it? Um, (laughs) But one of my friends keeps trying to convince me to do a DNA test on him. And I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of fun to not know what he is and it doesn't change anything. So I don't know. One day she might convince me, but half of the fun too is every person who meets him gets to guess what they think he is. And I've noticed that um, people tend to guess whatever their favorite breed is or whatever uh, horse that they might've grown up with that reminds them of that horse. Like I had, People, I have people who are like, oh, I had a super cool Connemara pony growing up. He looks like he's a Connemara. Um, so that's kind of fun. But yeah, I'm not sure what made me fall in love with him. I remember he was, he's, he has such a good sense of humor and he's super playful and fun. And I remember that when I met him. And I think that's something that I, I identified with because that's something that I love. I love having fun um, and keeping it playful. But um, obviously, it, it's worked out for whatever reason, whatever, whatever reason I fell in love. It's, um, it's, it's, been, it's been a good run. <laughs> I love it. So moving forward, what's the next goal to finish the gold and then what? Finish the gold. Um, I admittedly have not done a musical freestyle on him yet. Um, partially because we've just been kind of working so hard just to get to Grand Prix. So I'd love to do a musical freestyle with him. We also, I keep joking that our retirement plan is going to be working equitation because that looks like something we could have fun with. But I, right now, I mean, like I said, my original goal with him was to get my bronze. And I cried really hard when I got my silver because it meant so much and what he's given me has been beyond my wildest dreams. He's made dreams come true. I didn't know were possible. Um, and so once that happened, I said, now, now I would like to preserve him, his mental, emotional, and physical health and continue to train, um, correctly and fairly and kindly keeping him in mind. I mean, he's an older horse, so I was always really cognizant of that and saying, I always told him, if this is too much, tell me. Um, but he's always put his little head down and been like, nope, we're, we're doing this. And so my goal shifted to going down one Grand Prix center line. And now I've done two. So he's uh, he's exceeded that goal per Kelso style. Um, so now I'm, I'm finally brave enough to say I want to get my gold on him, which is, I like that's just been in the last few weeks. I'm like, okay, I can say it out loud now that I'm not going to jinx myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's wonderful. Yeah. 
Well, Erin, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey with Kelso. How can our listeners find you online if they want to um, ask you more questions or uh, see him in person, et cetera? People can find me on Facebook under my name, Erin Paul. They can also find me under my business name, Wonderland Dressage. Um, they can shoot me an email also, wonderlanddressage at gmail.com. And I also have an old blog called pinkstirrupsblog.com. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. Keeping our horses happy and healthy is paramount to horse owners everywhere. Since our horses are often a reflection of the environment we create for them, the Stall and Stable Show covers ideas that help us create the best home we can. From innovations in barn design to business best practices and lifestyle segments, there's a new episode every two weeks at stallandstable.com, Horse Radio Network, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, tonight, back by popular demand, we love having her on. We have FEI rider, trainer, author, and a lady that wears many hats, Lauren Spreiser. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. Well, we are thrilled to have you, and I did not get to see you very much at Festival of Champions because when we weren't riding and sweating, we were all trying to be in air conditioning, but I got to see a lot of what you were writing about, so I wanted to kind of bring you on the show as we all prepare for regionals and hopefully nationals and all the other goals that you're getting, and I just thought your perspective was so cool, so I'm going to let you take it away. I, well, thank you very much. Um, I had the great pleasure of showing uh, the Elvis Syndicate's 10-year-old Dutch gelding Guernsey Elvis, who has been my friend for about three years now in the developing Grand Prix division. Uh, we qualified, I think, in 10th. So I had no illusions of going in and winning a primary colored ribbon. And that was very refreshing because <laughs> there was really no pressure. Uh, there was nothing that I was going to do to eclipse the the top group of horses, which were way more experienced than my horse. Um, my horse with a gun to his head could not have put together. We did, we did not have an intermediate two in February, which was six months before we went to the national championships at the intermediate two level. So that was a pretty steep learning curve. And that was really fun. It was really freeing to be able to have the goals be about learning and not about the color of the ribbon that I came home with. And I actually bettered, I bettered my incoming placing. We ended up seventh. I learned a tremendous amount and I got to play with my friends and have a ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that sounds pretty fun actually, you know, when, when you have, you know, very good perspective about it and, and you have, you know, your own goals. I mean, we always talk about showing how it's, it's a bit of a process, isn't it? So can you tell us a little bit about your season this year and, and you know, what was the process and, and how you came, you know, with such a refreshing perspective to the, the championship competition? Sure. So uh, the story of this year really goes back to the story of several years. So Elvis came into my life uh, at a time where I was really crushed. I had had a terrible loss in my professional life, and he was uh, a, a blessing at that time. But he also wasn't a horse that I developed from 
three and four and five, which is normally what I do. Um, and the person who developed him did an absolutely exquisite job, but had also done a lot of young horse classes with him in a, in a way that was very successful at the young horse level, but not really sustainable at the Grand Prix level. She rode him wide open with a big front leg and that's cool when they're kids, but that's very hard to teach to pee off. So even at seven, when I met him, I was like, okay, my goal is to make this a Grand Prix horse. I need to hit pause, go back and reinstall big hind legs and kind of nuke the big front leg. And I succeeded and it took a couple of years, but I'm there now. And off I go to this championship. And my epiphany of the show was, oh crap, I need to reinstall big front leg. I have hind leg now. I, where did my front leg go? Oh, that's right. I killed it. So I need to bring it back to life. So cool epiphany number one, but this is also a horse that is not insane which is unusual for me because I ride pretty much exclusively <laughs> nutcases. Um, and when you ride nutcases, you can get by on a lot of adrenaline. I don't, I, I've never really had a horse like him where I've had to think about his conditioning. And I did CDI small tour last year. I qualified for the national championships, decided not to go for a couple of reasons, COVID being one of them, but I was riding him around at the time of the show last year. And I was going, oh boy, I don't have enough fitness on this horse. I don't have enough adrenaline and energy from this horse. I need to figure out a plan to get him to where I need to be 12 months from now. And I need to figure out how to do it without breaking my horse. I need to figure out how to do it while also letting him have downtime when he's allowed to have downtime. And what a great opportunity it is to have, you know, August, 2021 as my target date. When do I need to start doing that fitness program. So I worked with Olympic genius American event rider, Jimmy Wofford, um, who is an acquaintance of mine. And I called and I said, help make a plan for me. And we did. And so we came up with this walking plan where I think I started in April and by the time, you know, with, with power walking up and down my wonderful Virginia Hills in the afternoons, we started three days a week then moved up to four days a week, then moved up to five days a week and increasing time, the amount of time that he was walking and peaking for each qualifying show. Plus then obviously peaking for the championship show. It worked perfectly. He was so fit. Oh my God. The last two weeks where we were speaking after obviously uh, the festival. And so I've given him two weeks of downtime and those first couple of days, Oh boy. I was like, um, whoa, 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 which is great. That's, that's where I need him to be. And the cool thing about the developing Grand Prix championships is that like, even if I'd won it, it's not like, well, then I'm done. Like as I'm retiring horse, like, Sada. this is, this is a moment in time along the path to bigger things. And so now I know it works. I got to test out a formula that works. And so I can put that in my toolbox and say, okay, when he's ready to do CDI Grand Prix, I know I need to start X months before and I need to do Y minutes of walking Z days a week. And that's my plan for this particular animal. Um, and that is the beauty of getting to develop them yourself is that you get to try some stuff. Uh, if this plan hadn't have worked, then I'd have another year next year probably to bang around and try something else. So yay for that. Yeah. 
No, I love it. I mean, it, that makes total sense though. Like I, I'm like taking notes myself. I'm like, wow, this is, I mean, that's how I, I worked on, I work on my own fitness, right? Is walking. Yep. There's nothing wrong with walking. I can't yep. run, but I can walk. And you <laughs> it's know. very, it's very hard to blow a suspensory or blow an Achilles walking. You have to really want it if you're going to yep. do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that's true. And, and, you know, you, you, we learned that this winter we walked X amount of time and the next day, you know, next week we can walk a little further and it got a little easier and, and it really does start to feel good. And so that makes complete sense. And, you know, doing the Grand Prix, the developing Grand Prix is nine and 10 year olds. They got a lot of miles still to go. So yeah. it makes total sense that you would, you would build them like that. I think that that makes that's so cool, and I think a lot of us can think about that. And that you started a year out, I think. It, well, or you started making the plan, right? I started making the plan a year out. the The execution of the plan began in April. But for all of us developing horses up the levels, whether it's as professionals as amateurs, whether the goal is third level or the goal is Grand Prix, there is usually a competition goal. You know, the competition is on this date on the calendar. You can circle it in red on the calendar. And whether your horse is hot or not, you still need a plan for how to get them there. Whether the plan is just like, well, I'm just going to blast around, ride after work and do it. And if that works for you, great. Or if you have a horse that's at the upper levels and might need, you know, you need to make sure you leave time to do some veterinary maintenance things. You need to make sure that you let them have some downtime because you can't pound away on an FEI horse you know, 365 days a year. You can't even really do it 52 weeks a year. How do you balance all of those things? Programs like the Festival of Champions, programs like the four, five, six-year-old test, programs like the USDF finals at second level, at fourth level, at inner one are opportunities for you to have the plan that gets you to the goal without it being the big hairy goal. It lets you work out the kinks in your system before you get to the Grand Prix level, before you get to the international level. And that's a very cool, those are very cool opportunities. What, what I like what you're talking about here is that even though, you know, the tests are set up uh, progressively, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, if, if you, you were talking about having a really successful young horse that went through the young horse program, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you hit a bit of a stumbling block. You went all the way to, you know, pre-St. George I1, and, th- and then you're like, oh, I need to, I need to break it all down put it back together to to go to the next level. And we, we all have experienced this um, as professionals and, you know, probably the amateurs, if they, you know, if they're working with a, with, with an accomplished professional, you know, it's kind of, it's usually around the second level, third level thing where like your coach goes, okay, you know, you were successful at second level. Um, but now we got to break it all down and, and put it to put it back together a little bit better to do third level and to, you know, make a successful flying change or, you know, whatever your horse has a little issue with, it's, it's not as progressive as, as people think. No, it's certainly not a linear path. I, I also love watching the young horse championships because of course it's fabulous to watch these incredible, especially the four and five year olds, my God, the, the incredible gates and the incredible balance, the incredible power of the top 12 in the country, I have a fabulous four-year-old that my hand to God would take an act of Congress to get it to turn right in a 20 by 60 arena. I could not do it. And I am a good rider and I'm a clever rider. And the horses that were at the four-year-old championship and my four-year-old might end up being Grand Prix horses at the same time. 
my four-year-old might eclipse some of those horses. It's, it's a very inspiring show. It's an opportunity to see the best of the best, but I think it's also important to remember that it is a moment in time for all of those horses, um, the four and five and six-year-olds especially, because that is so much dependent on gifts from God. They are there because of smart development, for sure, but also because somebody either got very, very lucky buying an extremely affordable young, 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 young horse or spent a boatload of money on a four, five, and six-year-old mm-hmm. horse to have that quality and that presentability by that birth date. That is just not, that is not common. So that it's, it's inspirational, but it's important to remember that it's not the only path. No, I, I, I completely agree. And I just love your perspective because I do have an older Grand Prix horse, but this is his first year competing at yeah. that level. And so I've had to also kind of step back and like, look at the overall picture. I would love to go to regionals and nationals with that horse. What I really want to do is ride at nationals. I don't think it's, it's in his best interest to push him after festival. Cause that like was a lot for that horse. It was a ton. And you have to look at each of your horses and look at what your goals are. And so I came out of that competition saying, Ooh, I don't think I should push another month. I think I need to let him rest and then regroup because I want to compete internationally in Florida. And so I have to make kind of a similar decision of, you know, maybe it's not in his best interest to keep pushing and I need to step back and what is the overall plan. And I think looking, that's important to do with all your horses, depending if it's an amazing four or five-year-old you know, that God gave them all these gifts, but maybe you need to look at what the goal is. Or if you're riding an older horse, if your goal is regionals and nationals, maybe that horse needs a little bit of time off over the holidays. You know, I think you really specifically have to look at your horses and what your goals are for longevity, right? And and remembering that all these shows, it's one moment in time enjoy it. I loved how your perspective of like, I enjoyed being with my friends. I enjoyed seeing my you know, other horses go. And, and I do, I haven't been to festival myself in 11 years and at, at, at the internet, at the Grand Prix level. So for me, it was kind of a similar experience. It was like, wow, I'm bringing a green horse. That's going to learn a lot this week. And I'm really honored to be here with all of these people. And I came in with a similar perspective as you did. And, and it was, it was great. It was fun. Learned a lot, learned some things that I may not do again. Maybe some I will do again, but I think having the perspective is, is what we want to share with everyone moving forward for regionals, right. Or or whatever your goals are. Yep. And how great is Lamplight? Like how wonderful is it? Oh, and and I saw you and you set, showed me a picture. You kind of where I was, you walked by and you showed me a picture. Uh, How old were you in that picture? I, I'm guessing I was 12. I'm guessing that is yes. 1996. So I grew up 45 minutes from Lamplight. Lamplight is like my home horse show ground. And uh, listeners, if you've never been, it is an incredible facility with fantastic history. It has been beautifully maintained through multiple owners. It is a privilege to have. Uh, but back in 1996, it hosted the uh, USDF Region 2 Youth Championship, which is an unrecognized competition. And little Lawrence <laughs> Breiser was there riding lesson horse named Corian, who had string halt. Uh, and I have a great picture of 
me at a very young age, uh, still in the arena, either before that moment or after that moment, Corian would go on to jump out of the chain link fence and I did not know what to do. So I would smack her on the butt and jump her back into the arena. Chain link fence. They don't chain even link do fence. that anymore. Yeah, I know. Cause that's a good way to die. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and had I not been eliminated for that little fiasco, I would have been earning a 39% at intro a, so, you know, dream <laughs> big kids. That's awesome. Dream big. That's and awesome. I, I just, yeah, I saw that. It. I think you might've posted that on Facebook. And I was yeah. very close to digging out an old picture of one of, of me and one of my horses and uh, <laughs> and what, what what we were doing probably even before that time. I think we this. should dig it out, kids, just just yeah. to get up on the show and just remember, like, it. everybody started somewhere and I just loved it. And I like, again, I just enjoyed your perspective through the whole week. Some At some points, I needed that perspective and <laughs> I just said it was really cool. And, you know, now, you know, you're a professional rider with ho- wonderful horses and you've found ways to make it happen. And I just truly inspirational and, and it was really cool. So Lauren, how do people find you online? How do they find, uh, you're an amazing writer. How do they find all the things? Give us all the things. I will. Thank you. I am everywhere. I'm Legion. Uh, let's see. I am <laughs> at Lauren Spreiser on Instagram and Facebook. I also blog for the Chronicle of the Horse. I blog for Noel Floyd and I blog for myself at my own website, which is spreisersporthorse.com. Fantastic. Well, as always, we love your perspective and we can't wait to have you back on soon. You bet. Thanks, guys. Well, Phil, today I actually was working with a student who is having a little bit of trouble keeping her lower leg quiet in the sitting trot. And the first thing I noticed was how thin her stirrup leathers were. And I First thing I said is you need stability stirrup leathers from Total Settle Fit because they're literally four times the width of the stirrup leather you have. And she was so cute. She was like, I didn't even know that was the thing. And I I couldn't believe it. So I told her about the stability stirrup leathers and that we truly use them every day on all our saddles. So I know her leg's going to be quieter next week. Well, you know, we have to thank Justin a lot because it makes our job of teaching a little bit easier by by recommending great products that help riders that's the stability stirrup leathers and horses is you know and the stretch tech shoulder relief girths we have to work less when, when these products bring bring riders and horses better yes that's so true and so we hope everybody enjoys their stability stirrup leathers and we've got a great total saddle fit tip of the week with lisa dean today This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we have somebody that I have the pleasure of seeing when I'm in the ring. I try to smile every time I see her. We have Lisa Dean of Lisa Dean Photography on the line. Lisa, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I do always try to smile when I see you. Just you're in general. always smiling. You're always <laughs> smiling. <laughs> that is that is a that is a goal because you are a professional photographer and here in Kentucky. And I we, I saw you at the horse show last weekend and we were just talking about how to get good shots and what you should do. And I and I said, Lisa, we need to have you on the radio show. So <laughs> we're thrilled to have you. So Lisa, I wanted you to just just to 
tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a photographer. Well, let's see. Um, I grew up riding horses and I got into dressage much later, um, probably after high school, heading into college. And I show and compete and I was having these crazy ride times like like 8.30 in the morning and 4.30 in the afternoon and I used to oil paint and so I would take that time to try to grab reference photos for painting and it kind of exploded from there. I mean, once I picked up the camera, I put down the paintbrush and I just kept going with it. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what you like about it and, and why it appealed to you so much. I think a lot of it is, there's a couple things that really appeal to me and having had horses and animals my whole life, you know, the cost of loving an animal sometimes is the, you know, the hard part is letting go. And I've had a couple of experiences where I didn't have any photos and it broke my heart that I didn't have anything to cherish um, once my loved one was gone. And so they became very important for me to capture photos of my own animals. And then the second part was just the artistic side of it and being able to do something um, different. And, you know, a lot of show photographers, we we capture your standard trot across the diagonal photos. But when I got into the photography, I was like, man, I'm tired of those shots. So... I started playing around with trying to capture different angles and lower angles and um, doing close-up headshots while the horses were in the rings and um, kind of a little bit more of an artistic feel to the standard um, show photography. And, you know, I'll still capture the standard shots, um, but I always try to make them a little extra special and a little more artistic. Yeah, and you do beautiful shots. I'm I'm lucky that I get to see you and and get your photos and they're really really cool. So we wanted to give everyone going kind of into the regional championship time of the year and or uh the national championship type. What are some tips you have for people to get good shots at these big horse shows? Well, you just went right into my soapbox, Reese. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, there's a couple of them. Um, you know, my number one is, you know, you've worked all year and you've prepared all year for this moment. And, you know, first of all, have fun because your photos are going to come out better if you look like you're having fun riding your horse. And when you're done with your ride, smile and pet your pony. Show them how much you appreciate it. Because those are the moments that you're going to cherish the the most. And those make the best photos. So um, that's the biggest one. Probably the second is if you're going to have a bling bling brow band on your horse's head, make sure it's straight before you go in the arena. (laughs) <laughs> that's yeah. a great tip. True. Yeah. Make sure make sure yeah. all your tack is is uh is correct and double check it or have someone double check it before you before you go in the ring. Yeah, like keepers in. I, I mean that's just it never fails. At least once a horse show, I have keepers out and those are just very difficult to photoshop and fix and it takes a lot of extra time to do that, but you know, the bling bling brow bands are, are beautiful, 
But when they're crooked on a horse's head, they make your horse's head look crooked. So yeah, I'm yeah sure it's true, right? Right. What about clean and tack? I mean, I would clean. assume that's huge. Mm. There's nothing worse than getting a close-up headshot and there just be dirt and grime mm. all over the bridle. I mean, I know that some slime happens and the horses are mouthing the bits, but that's different than dried dirt. And that goes for the boots and the saddles and saddle pads. I mean, if if you're going to show, you know, at some of these bigger shows, especially regionals, wash your saddle pad. <laughs> please do that at every show. I'm just going to say, like, please do us a favor and you just just wash everything. Just just come in washed. It it doesn't cost anything. Like. No. Yeah, no, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Have somebody wipe your boots. I mean, I think that's another one, even if it's super muddy, like, uh, you know, that's, that's important, right? You really want to look the part, not only for the judges, but because Lisa is there, our photographer is there. And like you said, at the end of the day, it's kind of like your wedding. You're going to have fun memories, but really you want nice pictures because that's going to be what you remember of, of that experience, right? Yeah, and I have one more, and this is just it. an opinion thing. Um, and it's just everybody likes those close-up headshots, and everybody is their each their own. But personally, I prefer if the numbers are on the saddle pad and one on each side. And the reason I like that is those numbers reflect the light. And so a lot of times on these big headshots that people like so much, there'll be a big white circle on the side of their horse's head because it's reflecting the light. And, and the other reason I like numbers on both sides is it makes you easier to identify when I go to put your pictures in a gallery. (laughs) I didn't think about that. Yes. It's a great tip. Right. But you can't put a number on each side of the bridle. And a lot of horses don't like the numbers up there anyway, you know. So, but I, a lot of people will pin their numbers to their saddle pads right behind their legs. And you can go a little bit above, like if you are a sponsored rider, go above your sponsor's logo. But it's, it's always easier to identify you just based on the mere fact that I can find your number. A lot of you, like, I know who you are. I, you don't even have well, to a number on your horse. Yeah, I, I do, or I, I will get eliminated, but yeah, no, it's right. a great, that's, I never even thought of it. See, these are why we do these amazing tips because I typically honestly put them on the bridles. So it's a good reminder to not do that and why. So I love it. Well, Lisa, do you have any other tips for us as, uh, for good photos other than smile? That's important. Don't look like you're dying. just the big thing is it's just really have fun i mean you've worked hard to get there i mean there's there's nothing that you're going to change really training wise once you're in that arena so enjoy what you've got and have a good time i love it well lisa how can our listeners find you online for more tips or if you're coming to the regional champion our region two that's our region um how do they find you and sign up Okay. Well, I am definitely, I am the official photographer for region two. We are bringing in, um, four additional photographers to help with coverage because it's a huge show. We've got girls coming from Wisconsin and Georgia who are wonderful dressage shooters. The easiest way to find me is either through my email, which is lmdkidpower at aol.com. 
or follow and like the Lisa Michelle Dean photography page on Facebook, which would be a good idea anyway, because if you pre-register for photos, like the page, there's going to be lots of contests where you can win prints and things like that during the Region 2 competition. I love it. Well, thank you well, I, so sorry, much. Sorry, I just oh, have a real ahead. quick question, kind of a uh -huh. personal interest question. Is uh, um, what do you shoot with, Lisa? Canon, Nikon. <laughs> I am diehard Nikon. I actually shoot with a Nikon 850, and uh, I'll either shoot with a 70 to 200 uh, lens, or I'll shoot with a 150 to 600 lens. So a lot okay. of it depends on the available light. Yeah, yeah. So you're full frame. Got got the big lens if you need it. Yes, I am definitely full frame. So, and that, part of that is because I do a lot of portrait work as well. Right, right. And Excellent. Just a little tidbit about the 850. A lot of people don't know that, but you can actually turn the 850 into a crop sensor. Okay, that's versatile then. Yes. You guys are speaking, speaking <laughs> not English. So <laughs> I love it for all, all our photographers out there. Well, Lisa, thanks so much for coming on and I will be looking and smiling for you in a few weeks. That is awesome. I can't wait to see you and I will see you at the horse park. Well, as always, we love your email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. We love the questions and Phil and I will working through them now uh, for the total saddle fit tip of the week. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search dressage radio show. Follow us on Twitter at horse radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably on Facebook and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and totalsaddlefit.com. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week. Thank <laughs> you.